Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. He accused some asylum seekers of faking rape allegations and said Melbourne wasn't safe because of violent African gangs. Peter Dutton's tough talk on immigration has defined his 20 years in politics. But now, as opposition leader, he's trying to develop a new public persona. Today, Four Corners reporter Sean Nichols on whether the former police officer from Queensland can pull it off. Dixon. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. Sean, we're hearing there Peter Dutton in Parliament back in 2002. It's his maiden speech. Mr. Speaker, the silent majority, the uh, the forgotten. People yeah, well, I mean, this is him uh, just shortly after entering the Parliament in the 2001 election, and as you know, Sam, I mean, somebody's first speech really sets the the parameters for for why they're there. I mean, the remarkable thing about this speech is how. Peter Dutton, even as a you know rookie politician, went straight to his enemies, calling out the Civil Liberties Council, calling out the Refugee Action Collective. Voter of our generation, as some like to term it, uh, fed up with bodies like the Civil Liberties Council and the Refugee Action Collective, and certainly the dictatorship of the trade union movement. Why was he sort of talking about them? What did he mean? Well, he, the Civil Liberties Council, I mean, he's, he's had a long-running battle with, with that group in Queensland. And, of course, the Refugee Action Coalition. Of course, we'd had the, the Tampa affair uh, that year. We'd had the September 11 attacks on the United States. So immigration was sort of a red-hot issue. But we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. We got a hold of some of the leafleting that was passed around by the Liberal Party with his letterhead, basically talking about, you know, quote-unquote illegal immigrants, saying, accusing Labor of being soft on them, talking about their violence. And so most people say that the the focus on immigration and kind of like the scare tactics, I guess, Mm. undertaken by the Liberals and Peter Dutton in that seat uh, really made a difference to um, him winning. He's obviously impressed the people of his electorate because they keep voting him back in. Yeah. How would you describe, Sean, his political persona? Look, it's it's really interesting to observe up close his constituents. Mm. So we were invited uh, to attend an event which Peter Dutton organises annually for seniors. Thank you. you. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can do it. (laughs) Or Jordan might do it. But it was quite striking to see how much people... Like, like him. I would even say, in some cases, love him. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It, it really um, sheeted home to me the difference between the way his constituents look at him, or a certain mm. a section of his constituents anyway, and the public persona that the rest of the electorate has, which is very much the aloof, hard man, uh, very reserved individual who... Um, is best known for making, you know, very, very tough decisions in the areas of immigration and home affairs. Mm. 
the the public perception, the perception, as you say, that most of the public have relates, doesn't it, to that issue of immigration. Very much so. Being tough on immigration. Let's have a bit more of a look at that because he was the immigration minister in 2014. Yes, that's right. And that, that was a you know very difficult time in Australia. Manus and Nauru had, had almost 2,000 people on them, including a lot of children. So it became a very emotional debate mm. that divided the country. In 2017, an independent MP, Dr. Karen Phelps, she proposed something called the Medivac legislation, which you probably remember, which basically sought to change the way asylum seekers detained in those centres were able to access medical treatment in Australia if they needed it. So this bill sought to change the decision-making process by taking it out of the hands of bureaucrats and putting it in the hands of uh, medical specialists. This needs to be a medical decision and the minister still retained the discretion to stop that transfer if there was a national security reason for that. This was very strongly opposed by the government at the time and as Immigration Minister Peter Dutton really lashed out at, mm. at this idea because it had a good chance of passing the parliament and he at one point really went out on a limb, I think it was on Sky News, and uh, accused some asylum seekers of faking rape allegations in order to get access to a termination in Australia. And then once they got into Australia, basically changing their mind, having the child and trying to use that child to stay in Australia. Some people are trying it on. Uh, let's be serious about this. Uh, there are people that claimed uh, that they'd been raped and came to Australia to seek an abortion because they couldn't get an abortion on Nauru. They arrived in Australia and then decided that they were not going to have an abortion. They have the baby here. The moment so they, they were very plane, pointed, uh, you know, met with quite a lot of outrage, actually, in Australia at the time. Mm. He defends himself um, to us by saying, well, he was just speaking the facts. But mm. this is one of the events, I think, that has really shaped his public persona uh, for Australians. And this is what he's battling to change at the moment. Do you regret saying that? I, I don't. I mean, that, that's what was happening. Uh, and th that's exactly uh, the facts. Now, if I, if I, if I say something that is uh, factually incorrect, I'm happy for people to point that out and I'll apologise. If I, I've said something that, uh, that is inconvenient for people to hear or they don't want to believe it's true, then that, that's a different scenario. Another case that we explore in the program is um, the 2018 scare in Victoria where the then Labor state government was under pressure from media commentators over a crime wave that was being attributed to so-called, you know, African gangs. Mm. And we look at the way Peter Dutton waded into that debate. He, as Home Affairs Minister, went on radio and basically very firmly talked about there was no doubt that this was all down to African gangs. Now, people are scared to go out to restaurants at the night time because they're followed home by these gangs. Home invasions and cars are stolen and we just need to call it for what it is. Of course it's African gang violence. And in our program, we speak to a young woman by the name of Nyadol Nuwon, who is a lawyer and human rights advocate who came to Australia with her family age 17, um, the family had fled war-torn Sudan. And she says, she gives a very, very emotive interview, actually, talking about the effect that Peter Dutton's intervention into this debate had on her, the community, and her family. You couldn't go to a shop as a person who looked like me 
without feeling visible and different. People like my brothers being told, being asked whether the car they were standing next to was the one they've stolen because they were now seen as African gangs, you know, or my own mother coming back from a shopping centre and saying I'd been called a black dog. Nyadol Nuon has a very, very dim view of Peter Dutton and quite extraordinarily goes on to say she and others wouldn't feel safe in an Australia led by Peter Dutton as Prime Minister. Now, Peter Dutton obviously completely rejects this. His defence was defending his capacity to keep Australians safe. Uh, I was the Defence Minister, I was the Home Affairs Minister. I've stopped terrorist attacks from taking place in our country. Uh, I've put uh, record resourcing into all of our intelligence and defence agencies to keep us safe. If you look objectively at my record and what I stand for, I, I think it's a statement that frankly just has no, no foundation or justification at all. But I thought his response was quite telling and again goes to the way he sees himself as, as a protector um, and, and in particular in this role as opposition leader. Mm, but certainly his comments on 2GB alleging sort of African gang violence was rampant in Victoria uh, have not left some people. Sean, I mean, there seems to be this key and running theme throughout Peter Dutton's career as a politician, mm. and it's that really tough stance on immigration, tough stance on on border control. Yeah. But he's the opposition leader now, and so he'll really need to do more than that, won't he? Yeah, and look, I, I, he and the Liberal Party completely acknowledge that. I mean, in his very first press conference as leader, he said he wanted Australians to see the entire person. Sometimes the public only see a snapshot of you through a very quick grab in a news package or during question time. And in this role, you can show people uh, a little bit more of uh, the true, you know, full picture. But interestingly, we tried to get him to do some more humanising activities, I suppose, let us into his life a little bit, but he wasn't prepared to do that. Um, and so the way we're looking at him at the moment is around the decisions that he's making as, as leader um, and whether or not, you know, we can detect any change in him in those decisions. Now, of course, one of the first tests for him was whether or not to back the Labor Party's legislation enshrining a 43% emissions reduction target by 2030. Now, you know, first test, he voted against that or the Liberals voted against that. So that was an indication that he wasn't, that he's not changing a whole lot. This week, we're really looking at another opportunity for him, which is on the matter of a National Anti-Corruption Commission. And he hasn't shown his cards on that yet. Mm, not yet. But there are some in the coalition, aren't there, who think he can be quite pragmatic. You spoke to one of them, Warren Inch. Yes, Warren Inch says that he knows a Peter Dutton that is not reflected in that tough public persona. When he first talked about him coming into the role that he is now, everybody's saying, oh, he's going to drive him to the far right, the ultra-far right. I call bullshit on that. He uses the story of Peter Dutton's role in the marriage equality debate in order to make the point that he feels that he's capable of change. I mean, Peter Dutton personally had opposed marriage equality for many years, but when it came to the vote, Peter Dutton voted yes in the parliament. What do you think, Sean? Can he, and for that matter, does he need to, change the old persona to have a fighting chance to become our Prime Minister at the next election? Yeah, look, it's, it's really hard, isn't it, Sam? Because, I mean, you don't want politicians 
to engage in a in a makeover, if you like, that's that's completely transparent. Um, and people who are close to Peter Dutton say that he needs to remain um, true to the way he's been all through politics. You know, they say he's a principled man. I think what he wants to do is not necessarily show a softer side, but actually talk across a lot more portfolios to try and show that he has a breadth to him that is not contained to that sort of immigration era persona. So I think that's the strategy and uh, let's see if it works. Sean Nichols is a reporter with Four Corners. You can catch his full report on iview. The government is expected to table legislation for the Federal Anti-Corruption Commission on Wednesday. Peter Dutton has signalled he's preparing to back it, saying he believes there will be a bill that the Coalition can support. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.